Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to Tune In, the weekly podcast series from the Yiddish Book Center. I'm Aaron Lansky, and my guests today are doctors Sullen Beinfeld and Harry Bachner. Together, they're about to rock the world of Yiddish lexicography with the release of a major new Yiddish dictionary. Harry is a Harvard-trained linguist and child of survivors who grew up in a home where, as he puts it, Yiddish was essential. Sullen, or Shalom as he's known in Yiddish, taught modern European and Jewish history at Washington University. He too grew up in a Yiddish-speaking home. His translation of Meshulam, or Fables, by Eliezer Steinberg appeared several years ago in Pachentrega. Harry, Shalom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Let's start with the first question. So what is this dictionary that you're about to release? Well, uh, it's on one level, it's an English-language version of the uh, Dictionnaire Yiddish-Francais, Francaise yiddish Wörterbuch that appeared in Paris uh, in 2002, which was instantly acclaimed as the best bilingual Yiddish dictionary in existence. Uh, but that's, of course, not the whole story. Uh, this is an English-language uh, dictionary, not a French one. In a sense, we've created a new dictionary uh, using the uh, very extensive uh, word base uh, that uh, uh, is derived from the French version. So, so there have been a loads of Yiddish dictionaries over the years. People may know of Harkavy's uh, Jewish-English Dictionary of 1898, surely Uriel Weinreich's Modern Yiddish Dictionary of 1968, uh, how is your dictionary different from all other dictionaries? Well, first of all, it's bigger. So we don't know exactly how many words are in Weinreich, but I would estimate about 24,000. We have 37,000. Oh, so that's a gigantic difference for someone looking up something in the dictionary, look, trying to find a word in a Yiddish book, for example. Right. I mean, Weinreich is a tremendous resource, and we've all relied on it extensively. But the thing is, when you actually try to read the literature, you find that there's an enormous number of words that aren't in Weinreich. So, so why aren't they there? Why, why well, were they left out? Well, I think it's basically a matter of space. You know, he wanted to have both Yiddish-English and English-Yiddish in a manageable one-volume work. And uh, there were space constraints. And also the fact that Weinreich was uh, concerned with finding the right Yiddish words. He was uh, very stingy with words that might be uh, considered... Uh, dialectal or, uh, or regional or, Deutsch, worst of all, Deutschmerisch. Yeah, so explain what Deutschmerisch means, Shalom. Well, Deutschmerisch, of course, Yiddish and German are closely related, and much of the Yiddish vocabulary can be said to be derived from older uh, German, from Middle High German and so on. Deutschmerisch refers to modern, new High German words that were uh, imported into Yiddish in the 19th and 20th centuries. For example, in the socialist movement, uh, the Jewish socialist movement greatly admired the, the, uh, the German Social Democratic Party and borrowed a certain amount of their terminology. For example, they called each other Genosse, not a Yiddish word. For a comrade, yes, right. Or, or comrade, instead of Chava, which would be the normal right, Yiddish or, word. Or an even and, they called their, and in America, called their newspaper Vorwärts. Right, which of course was the name of the. Uh, either it now means a new, it means a newspaper by that name, but in <laughs> German it means forward, and it was the name of the big social democratic daily in Berlin. So, what better name for the social democratic daily in New York? Right. Um, so, uh, so, so Weinreich sort of purged all the, all these aberrant words. Yeah, he he was he was trying to establish correct Yiddish. Right. These 
these are the right Yiddish words. He has some of the not-so-right words, but he has them with a, yeah. a dot, not right. a meaning. Right, but of course... It's, avoided. Yeah, so as someone who's read a great deal of Yiddish literature and looked up way more than my share of words in the dictionary over the years, uh, you know, I've certainly noticed time and time again that the words I look up very often don't appear in Weinreich precisely because the, you know, they might not have quite met his standards of modern Yiddish, but they are the words that were spoken at the time, and they are the words that found their way into the literature. So how much of that are we going to find in your dictionary? Well, you know, certainly we can't claim to be exhaustive. You know, we, it, this is still just the tip of the iceberg. But we're, you know, we've got coverage of a great deal more, and especially involving dialect variations, words that are maybe not the favored word, but nevertheless words that you're going to encounter. Weinreich was trying to de-emphasize those, and Dvorsky has a much more permissive attitude. That's right, include, including dirty words. Weinreich yeah. couldn't stand them and did not include some of the most common Yiddish words that everybody in America knows. I mean, uh, since we're on that topic, let's just point out that Tachus is not in Weinreich. No <laughs> kidding. Well, um, and, and in that case, it's got to be simply a matter of prudery. Right. Well, or whatever. And the fact that Weinreich was, has never been revised. It was published in 1968. It's been reprinted a, a number of times, but never uh, updated, never revised, no second editions. So that left the lexicographic field, lexicographic field wide open for a new dictionary. Before we get off this topic, I want to interject something else. Sure. Which is that the number of words is the easiest thing to talk about because you can just give a number. Um, but I actually don't feel like, to me personally, that's not the biggest virtue of the larger corpus that we have, because a lot of those additional words are, frankly, quite obscure. You'll need them when you find them, but you're not going to find them off. What I find even more inspiring is the um, larger coverage of idioms and examples of usage. So they're perfectly ordinary words that everyone has the basic meaning of, but we've had to learn lots of idioms just by deducing their meaning from seeing them in context over and over, and that's a laborious process fact that we have more of them in this corpus makes life much easier. My high point uh, with the dictionary was when I encountered under coup, meaning cow, uh, the idiom schleppende Kuh auf dem Dach, auf dem Boden. Okay, which means to uh, haul the, haul the cow into the, the attic, cow right? Up to, the, uh, to the attic. What is the point of that, you know? And then I realized, of course, uh, from Boydum in the, in the attic, that's where the hay was stowed. So instead of taking the hay down to the cow, you drag the cow up to the hay. That's doing things the hard way. As we say, as now I understand. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there were moments like that. Uh, but we were very, uh, like Naborski, we were very friendly to idioms and tried, as he did with French, to replace Yiddish idioms with an English idiom, if possible. So, Shalom, where would I actually find that? If I looked under coup, I would find that? Uh... You find it under coup. Oh, what a boon. Wow, that's... I know, that's that was very satisfying. But there have been others. Uh, it's not, not only the cow. I'm not, um, sure if, I'm not sure if all our listeners will appreciate how novel this is, but anyone who's ever tried to struggle their way through a Yiddish text is going to be singing your praises for years to come. Well, I hope so. Um, <laughs> but uh, one thing that we'd uh, like to point out is that our dictionary is easier to use than Weinreich, in addition to being bigger and newer and more open to many different kinds of words, it has uh, something of a spatial advantage. Uh, Weinreich is crammed into uh, a relatively small space, and things run on, and it's hard to know when one 
definition stops and the other begins, notoriously hard to use. Right. Uh, I, on occasion, I've given up. I can't tell what it's getting at. And the abbreviations and, and uh, various uh, symbols he uses are obscure. They're not uh, intuitive, so you have to go look up in the front matter what they mean all the time. And we were able to avoid that by using more or less uh, uh, obvious uh, symbols uh, and avoiding at all costs run-on definitions. It's always clear where a particular definition ends. Perfect. Um, so so I, I've heard rumors there's going to be an online incarnation of this dictionary as well. Is that true? Yes, absolutely. That's what I'm working on right now. So tell us about that, Harriet. Yeah. Um, well, it's been part of the plan from the beginning. And in fact, I've had it, a version of it working for our internal purposes for several years, so I know that it's feasible. What we're currently doing is trying to type, specify and implement policy for who gets access and how. So the plan is that um, it will be available on the web. I hope to have it ready in a few months, so wow. certainly sh shortly after the dictionary appears in print, and that anyone can sign up as a user for the site. And for free, there will be a limited amount of access, something on the order of five or ten hmm. words a month which I will hopefully make the, the casual users happy. Right. And then for more extensive access, we'll charge. And you'll be able to type in the Yiddish word in Unicode? Um, it, um, Unicode or transliteration, it accepts both. And will there be some sort of drop-down keyboard or some, some way of typing it in for those who don't have a Yiddish or Hebrew well, keyboard at home? I, I haven't planned on providing that. I think that if people don't have their computers set up for it, then probably it's easier for them to use transliteration. I see. I also, you know, since we know that there's a large population out there who knows some Yiddish and is interested in Yiddish but doesn't know the Hebrew letters, so they can use transliteration, and by clicking a button, they can get transliteration of the output as well. Oh, wow. Wow, very impressive. Yeah, they would have to be careful to use YIVO transliteration, not, uh, uh, but they'll learn that uh, fast enough. Uh, it's pretty standardized by now. It's, it's what's used uh, all over these days. Fantastic. So, so who's the intended audience for the dictionary, you know, and how is it uh, going to change good, the landscape, let's say, for... One of the reasons why we chose Indiana, uh, University Press, our publisher, is that they were prepared to uh, produce a product at a reasonable cost, something in the order of $45. So in, in uh, lexicographic terms, that's a metzia. That, that is a bargain, right? Yeah. Well, certainly there are publishers that we looked at that were pricing, you know, $200 for a similar Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, wow. They, they, it's intended just for a uh, few libraries and uh, academic uh, institutes or whatever, but right. we want this to be in people's homes and in schools and uh, as widely distributed as possible. So their reasonable price uh, appealed to us, hmm. plus the fact that they have a long history of having a, a, a lot of Jewish books in their catalog. Right. It goes back a long way. So we were happy uh, to uh, work with them. Uh, who are the users? Well, potential users. Well, of course, researchers of every kind, uh, readers of Yiddish literature of every kind, uh, people reading the Yiddish press, uh, people uh, of, of today or of uh, 100 years ago, uh, students of the Yiddish language. There are many uh, Yiddish language programs around the country. But that's that somehow doesn't uh, sum it up, because there's a large public out there, as you know, that loves Yiddish. And I have the feeling they will just like dipping into this dictionary, 
just for the love of the language. It sounds... You uh, learn Yiddish just by leafing through it. I mean, that sounds like an awkward way to do it, but uh, I've learned a lot of Yiddish just working <laughs> on the dictionary, so I know there's a, a lot to be learned from it. That's great. And I hope it's the kind of thing people will have on their bedside tables and uh, open up and look into uh, as often as they can. Well, as we say, from dein royal and Gott sei Rhein, right? From, yes, from, from your mouth to God's ear. That's so, in the dictionary, too. Oh, good. So listen, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to tell us a little bit about uh, Naborski and Weisbrot, who, who did the original French version of this. Well, Naborski brought new life to the Medem Library. I had known about the Medem Library. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Medem Library meaning in a socialist library in Paris, right? That's right. It's the Yiddish yeah. Library in Paris, which is part of what they now call uh, the Yiddish, uh, the Center for Yiddish Culture, uh, Centre de la Culture Yiddish uh, in Paris, which is more than just a library. They've got all kinds of stuff going on there, uh, exhibitions and lectures and concerts and classes and cooking demonstrations and uh, whatever. I mean, it's a very lively place, one of the great centers of Yiddish culture in the world. Right. Uh, when I first knew it, it was a library. Uh, it was named for Vladimir Medem, the leader of the Bund, and uh, it had been hidden during the war uh, by the, uh, the non-Jewish uh, concierge of the building, and so they were able to rebuild it. And hmm. as other Yiddish libraries closed, it became a major repository for uh, Yiddish books in France. But with Niborski, it began to be more than that. And uh, over the years, I had started visiting the Medem, visiting the Medem Library when I was a Fulbright student back in the late 1950s. Right. I had a long connection with it. But once Niborski was there, I was drawn to it. Never failed to visit when I was in Paris and was asked to speak there and got to know Niborski very well. And when his dictionary came out, I told him that it was, a, it was arousing a lot of interest in the U.S., even though it was just Yiddish-French, because of its comprehensive nature and its uh, the, the easy ease of use. And um, it would be a good idea if uh, a, an English-language version of it were pr produced. Well, he persuaded me to undertake uh, this task. It was not something I was so sure I could do, but I tried. And believe it or not, I succeeded with a lot of help, including Harry, who's sitting right here. And... Uh, he and I both, that is, Naborski and I both reasoned that given the uh, much greater size of uh, the uh, Yiddish, potential Yiddish audience in the English-speaking world, or the French-speaking world, and that includes not just English-speaking countries, but also Scandinavia, Germany, Israel, a lot of people who know English. Yeah, I think it's about one-fifth. Japan and China, for all I know. Right, one-fifth uh, of the world's population at the moment, I yeah. think. So, so Naborski was eager to have an English-language version, I was eager to produce one because, unlike other Yiddish dictionaries that have been tried over the years, that didn't, like the Goisa Verta book that never got beyond Aleph. Right, after like, 40 years or so. Uh, Harkavi's attempt to do a comprehensive Yiddish, Yiddish dictionary that was not never published, and nobody, he died in 1939, and nobody knows where his uh, archives are. Uh, it's, it's been a tragic history. And even Weinrath. Weinrath died just before the publication of uh, his dictionary and sure. never, could not revise it. Yeah. So, 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 so here we had a, a corpus of Yiddish words. We didn't have to go out and run around looking for Yiddish words. They were already there. That made it a feasible project, at least 
it seemed pretty easy. It turned right. out to be not so easy. So in, in, uh, in, in 30 seconds, why was it not as simple as simply translating the French words into English? Yeah, well, Harry can talk to that. Well, it would be silly to just translate the French, because after all, in some percentage of the cases, the French is translated from Weinreich. Uh. And so it would be silly to just take Naborski as if it were the only source and ignore the existing English language sources. So for every single definition, and there are some 53,000 definitions, um, we checked Weinreich, we checked Harkavi, um, and compared them both to the French to see if they all agreed. And if they're all agreed, then it's just a question of finding a good wording of the existing English. When they disagree, or when the French is all we have to go for, then, then we have to seriously get to work. Um, and so the problem with working from the French, which we you know, had to do in a certain number of cases, is that it's off, you know, my French isn't all that good. Shalom's is quite good, but mine isn't. Um, and you would need to be sure that you're understanding things correctly. Right. So um, we checked things in Stuchkov's thesaurus. We checked every other source that we could get our hands on. Um, we used Google to find examples um, in context to make sure that we were getting it right. You know, it's a tremendous task. Yes, it's so it sounds, uh, yeah. A team of people which expanded to, I don't know, about 15 uh, all told. Um, and they all had their input. Each definition was uh, provided by two people. That is, two people define the word on their own. And then a third person reconciled what might be dif uh, different uh, approaches to this definition. And then uh, Harry and I had to go to <laughs> reconcile the reconcilers. And so it was an ongoing process that, was, uh, that took time and took uh, yeah. a lot of I know, but I have to tell you, it sounds to me like a lot of fun also. So there I, were fun moments. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with one qu last question. Uh, people often say there are Yiddish words that are so unique, you know, so quintessentially Jewish that they're simply untranslatable. But, of course, you uh, need to translate them or define them regardless. So can you tell us about a few of the more problematic words that you encountered along the way? Well, we each have our own favorites. Uh, uh, I'll, give, I'll give you one apiece since we're running out of time. All right. H Harry. Well, you know, I'm going to, I think I'm going to have to pass and go through my notes to pick <laughs> something out. All right, that'll be the next interview. Shalom, how about you? Well, I had a lot of trouble with the word dafke. Dafke, okay, which dafke. is common in Hebrew as well, contemporary Hebrew. So it's coming from Hebrew or Aramaic, actually. Right. Um, and it means, what, I will, it's, I, well, it's dafke, I'll, I'll do it in spite of you. Uh, that's one way of uh, defining it, but uh, uh, it can mean as it happens, as it happened to, as it happens, it was on a Monday, um, and somebody tells you something uh, unusual, and you answer saying, I mean, is that so, or really? Uh, it has made it was very hard to pin down in a, in a coherent way. Um, so what did, you, what did you settle upon? How did you define it? Well, you have to look in the dictionary for that. Um, All right. Well, that... I don't remember offhand what we did, but we tried to cover the range of meanings without making it so broad that it would be uh, impossible to uh, decide what the meaning is. Well, that's one more reason for people to go out and buy the dictionary so they can find but out I how you... So they can, can find out, Dafka, how you... Uh, from Indiana University Press on their website. Is it already out? No. It will be out on, they say, December 19th, uh, that is to say, in 
about six weeks. So uh, it's possible to pre-order from Indiana directly or through Amazon. All right, December 19th, uh, not to mix metaphors, but sounds like the perfect stocking stuffer this year. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that. Harry Bachner, Shalom Weinfeld, my thanks to both of you. You've been listening to a podcast from the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For additional interviews and conversations, please visit yiddishbookcenter.org slash audio. Our producer is Agnieszka Ilvitska. I'm Aaron Lansky. Zaymir Stark and Gesund. Be strong, be well, and tune in again soon. <laughs>